it's interesting because I don't think my listeners misunderstand that. Like, I think I'm a pretty personable guy and, you know, um, low key and approachable and all that, but I have resting bitch face basically. Podcast junkies episode 56. This is the show where I speak to amazing, awesome, cool podcasters. Today is no exception, and you'll hear why soon enough. If you're new to the show, I also call it uh, the AKA Podcaster's Voice because it gives a voice to podcasters and it lets you see another side of them that you might not otherwise get uh, or have clear as a result of listening to their show. So I want to make it as casual and as easy like Sunday morning as I can for them here on Podcast Junkies. And that's what I do. And that's what happens. And that's what you hear week in and week out. This episode is brought to you by Podfly. Podfly is the group of superheroes that is responsible for all the good deeds that are done on my podcast, show notes, transcriptions, tweetables, timestamps, editing, making me and my guest sound awesome. They do it all. They're like the Justice League of podcasting. If you're a DC fan, if you're a Marvel fan, I do not have an analogy available for you right now. So if you are interested in having these folks battle the crime of bad show notes pages, of bad audio, then I suggest you blast out the Podfly signal and they'll come running to your help. Now, the easiest way to do that is to go to podfly.net slash podcast junkies and think of it as the bat phone that will get you immediately in touch with them by virtue of me and they'll hook you up and they'll make things right for you stat podfly.net slash podcast junkies support the show won't you so this episode i have a blast talking to jason kabasi of walking dead cast now i'm a walking dead fan my wife and I make it a point to watch each episode, and we're also into Fear, The Walking Dead, everything Walking Dead we're all about. As much of a super fan as we are, we're nowhere near what Jason and Karen are as the hosts of this five-year-running podcast, which has received multiple awards because it's so awesome, because they take it so seriously, and because they take a ton of pride in what they do. Um, I think everything that they get is well-deserved. I was introduced to Jason via our mutual friend, Jessica Rhodes. Shout out to Jessica. And I wanted to see if she could think of folks that would be a good fit for the show. She recommended Jason. And by virtue of that introduction alone, I knew it was enough for me to to make it a point to set up some time to have him on the show. I was not disappointed in the least. You'll hear we talk about how we both didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um, and I think we both, I'm sure, overthought it. Because the minute we started talking, we realized the ton of things we had in common 
in terms of TV and favorite shows. And as you can see, the conversation went well past an hour. And he's just really easy to talk to, uh, really engaging. I like his sense of humor, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot about how he's put the show together, what it is that makes the show tick, um, the, the plans that they have for the show moving forward, and all the cool things that have happened purely as a result of having the podcast. So if you're looking to get inspired and you're a fan of awesome TV podcast shows, pull out your notepad, pay close attention, and if you can, have a frosty beverage at hand and enjoy my conversation with Jason Kabasi. So Jason Kabasi, thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Of course. This is uh, pretty cool. I'm excited uh, to speak to you, and uh, I guess we'll have to figure out who's more nervous on this call. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a beer right here. So yeah, I know. I feel like well, it's Friday, man. It's uh, yeah. it's five p.m. Some it's always five p.m. somewhere. So <laughs> I probably should. I don't think I have any beers in the fridge. You're in so. New York. I'm in L.A. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's three. It's fine. Yeah, three's close enough. <laughs> So um, we were introduced through Jessica Rhodes. Yeah. So um, how did you meet her? It was was it just when she had you on her show? No, she uh, in 2013 we were both at New Media Expo and I we won the Best Entertainment Podcast Award and she was in the audience. So she uh, she loves The Walking Dead. So she decided to check us out and then she started. Uh, stalking us? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just kidding. I'm sure she's listening to this. Um, she started listening, and uh, she she texted me or something, you know, or tweeted, and uh, we started tweeting back and forth. And I saw that she set people up with interviews, so we worked together a couple of times. And uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's really good. She was on, and I think we spoke for like almost an hour and a half. And uh, she's a lot of fun, yes, uh, to speak to, and she's totally. really easygoing, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that. It was great. And uh, so you guys have kept in touch? Uh-huh, definitely. Yeah, I want to have her on sometime. Um, just hasn't worked out yet, but she's a super fan like we are. So so yeah. what, are, what are the qualifications for folks that are looking to get online to, uh, to, to be on the show? Well, I like to podcast with people that I just enjoy hanging out with. Yeah. You know? Because uh, one of my favorite things about podcasting is that it's just so much fun. And sometimes we've had people on that I don't know all that well. And it's just a little stiff. <laughs> but I love Jessica. So she'd be uh, definitely welcome. And then we also do we have the actors on and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, I was getting caught up on a couple of episodes, and I think it's always interesting when you have the actor on. And I've had this happen with um, folks that I've had on my show, that you hope, by virtue of them agreeing to come on, they're going to be open and accommodating mm-hmm. and you know willing to answer what you ask. But you never know, right? Right. And and so I heard the one with Norman Reedus, and he seemed pretty cool, and just like he was hanging out, mm-hmm. and he was answer- taking, like, giving you long answers to some of your questions, and... It wasn't like he was, he was in any rush to get off. Yeah, he was great. We agreed ahead of time on a half an hour. So I, that kind of just takes some of the pressure off, you know, when you know exactly how long it's going to be. But I also had, that was a, 
unique episode because I had one of our listeners on, her name is Jen, to help me do the interview because yeah. my usual co-host Karen couldn't make it. And I figured, well, it's Norman Rita, so we better have a lady on. <laughs> Ladies love Norman. <laughs> yeah. And she she was really stoked to do that. But yeah, he was. that was been so long ago, I barely remember what we talked about. But I remember him being really interesting. I think it all starts, and this is... You know, as podcasters, we can relate to that sometime. Uh, I think you, you mentioned that you got Stephen Young on really early, and I mm-hmm. think he was just getting into the whole uh, speaking circuit, if you will. And I think you probably caught him at a time when he's like, yeah, podcast, I'll go on that. Well, yeah. I mean, I wrote to his manager, and he wrote to me almost as if I had given him an order. Like, oh, okay, what time works for you guys? And I was like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and then... uh you know, we can barely get him on anymore, Stephen yeah. Young. I'm going to try to get him on for our 200th episode that's coming up here. But uh, by, vir- by virtue of you getting Stephen on the first time, did you found, find that that made it easier for subsequent guests? Uh-huh. Yeah. I always mention that we had him on whenever I asked anybody else. And within our first, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes, we had most of the cast on of the first season. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. It a lot, adds a lot of credibility, I would imagine, mm-hmm. to your show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, what when we first started, I, I had a couple of kind of pie in the sky goals. I wanted to be able to interview the actors, and I wanted to be a zombie on the show. And uh, I wasn't sure that we would be able to do either one of those, but we did both. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, everyone. I have a friend who lives in Atlanta. Oh, we still live in Atlanta for a couple of years, my mm-hmm. wife and I. So when? that's where, um, in 2009 to 2012. Okay, so while they were filming there. And it's funny, we didn't start watching the series until we were in New York. Uh, around 2012, we moved to New York. And then around that time is when we started watching the show. But it was, it was interesting, obviously, because we lived there and we were trying to spot places. But, you know, a lot of it was in the woods and stuff like that. So, we, mm-hmm. you know, we saw Grady Hospital and things like that. So it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, sure. But we have friends that are, are, have been in, in there as zombies. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Did you ever want to try it yourself? Uh, now that you mention it, yeah, why not? Man? Well, I'm in L.A. now, in so LA right? Now. <laughs> well, now you have to be on the um, spinoff show. Of course. And <laughs> you know what's so funny about that show? And in case you haven't noticed, we're just going to jump all over the place. So. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so the opening shot of that scene, you know, when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick. Nick gets hit by the car. Mm-hmm. And then he like slides on the on the, on the hood, and then he falls on the on the floor, and then and then the everyone starts crowding around him, and then the camera starts panning back, that yeah. and back back back, and then they show this like neighborhood in L.A. That is literally down the street from me. It's, really, it's the, it's the farmers market <laughs> in Silver Lake, and yeah. we go there. Uh, it's Tuesday, this the Tuesday and Saturday farmers market, and that that open plaza space is where they have it, and we're watching it. My wife, we're like, that's down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun. I mean. It's been really interesting to me watching the show. They've only had two episodes, but I'm up in San Francisco, but I've been to LA many times and it just feels like more my neck of the woods. And it's cool having something that I feel a little more related to on there. You know, I've only been to, well, I've been to Atlanta a few times now, but it doesn't, you know, it feels foreign to me. Yeah, it was foreign when I was there. <laughs> I mean, I'm originally from New York, so we yeah. had, I had an opportunity for a, a job to go to and with a promotion to go if, with the contingency that I go down there for a couple of years. And I had been there even before then, which is even more complicated, in 2001. 
to work for like my half brother and do a family business that in construction of all things that didn't work out. But, <laughs> and that's where I met my wife. And then we eventually uh, stayed together. And then uh, we moved to New York. And, and then later on, I had no plans at all to go back to Atlanta. And then my company's like, well, if we give you this deal, will you go back down? And I was like, ah, okay. We had some oh, friends okay. here. It's a good yeah. deal. That's cool. You're, you've got, you're from the, the East Coast. You've got your wife from down South. Now you're on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. And, and the <laughs> one thing. It up. Yeah, we are mixing it up. I mean, obviously the cost of living in Atlanta was awesome. Um, yeah. But at some point, man, I miss city life. And I was like, eh, time to go back. Yeah, one of our listeners wrote in and said something about the um, this new show, like, oh, you know, most of America's not used to this urban jungle. And uh, that was so weird for me to hear because I'm in San Francisco and uh, I'm like, yeah, I guess a lot of people, that's just not in their day-to-day experience to be in such a high, you know heavily populated area like that. But, yeah, it was so funny because when uh, I remember when I was going to work, I would get out of the parking lot. And I would like literally pass people in the parking lot on the way into the building. I'm like, I get this city mentality of like, I got to walk fast and uh, people down there just take life a little bit slower. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. I mean, I, I've now that I've, I'm, you know, into the show and everything, I've been out there for cons. I don't know if we'll talk about that, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, I, I love it. I love the different vibe and the pace and the niceness and all that. It's really cool. Yeah, I know. Like everyone's like super nice to you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, when when was the first time you went down there? Was it strictly for um, like Walking Dead related? Yeah, uh, yeah. So in 2011, I think we, my wife and I, decided to go to Georgia for vacation. Yeah. And South Carolina, North Carolina, just because we'd never been there before. And in the back of my mind, when we made those plans, I was like, they film out there. Maybe I can, you know, go check out the set or something. But then uh, they were supposed to finish up filming a few weeks before our vacation. So I thought probably not. Then it just so happened that they extended their filming schedule and they needed a whole bunch of zombies for a certain scene. And a friend of mine was already an extra and she kind of snuck me in the back door. Nice. And so, so the first time I, I uh, went out to Georgia, I got to be a zombie on the show. So are those open casting calls or is that like a, like a, a special website you go to and just apply? I'm not allowed to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, it, they have a special company that's dedicated to getting extras and it's called extras casting Atlanta. And they, I think they do put out casting calls when they need a large amount of zombies, but they have a, a whole pool of people that they call from first. And, uh, I think it's gotten a lot tighter too. I don't think I would be able to get in that way now. I mean, because back then, um, this friend of mine, she just got an email cause she was already part of their group and she just forwarded it to me and I answered it as if mm, nice. Yeah, and they were like, "Okay." <laughs> you know what? It's funny is that it it it's probably like uh, the new like hipster like celebrity thing to do. Like, go in there and say you were a zombie, and like no one has to even recognize you. But the fact that like they probably want to do it now, so that I wonder if people are like pulling favors and be like, "Oh, let me." Oh yeah, <laughs> everybody wants to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like I got a check for that, and I'm like, I would have paid to do this. Oh, you got paid for that? That's so funny. Yeah, minimum wage, but yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> 
No, but I think there was a, wasn't there a TV show? I'm trying to think what it was, if it was Weeds or something like that, where everyone was like trying to be on the show and they were just dying to be in like a cameo. Oh, no, I think, uh, it might have been Weeds or. Oh, really? I didn't know about that. Or, or one of the, or I don't know, one of those. They just wanted to appear there as, as like this mm-hmm. guest. Or, oh, no, I think it was uh, Dexter. I think people were getting killed on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was <laughs> something, something like that. That like they just want they just want to be part of the body be camp. murdered by Dexter. Yeah. So you always been a fan of this genre, right? You're a fan of Lost too, right? Mhm. And you I, consider it the same? I guess so. Well, I mean this uh, I mean yeah, it's like it's kind of the broad, drama. The broad, the broad, well, I you know what it's funny? I I I lump into the category of like really fantastic engaging t- <laughs> t- TV. Yeah, almost cinematic, right? Yeah. Cinematic. And there's this just whole in the past couple of years, and I guess people say it started maybe with Sopranos, but you know, mm-hmm. there's the level of like um, production value, um, script, writing, script writing, acting that's mm-hmm. a, that's showing up on TV now. It's Music, like, it's just bananas, man. Yeah, I was just talking about that with uh, somebody, my friend, the other day, and we pointed to Sopranos as one of the first shows that really kicked that off. And uh, Six Feet Under for me was really good. That yeah. I think that's my favorite show of all time. Man, I, I'm, I'm probably—I uh, I don't think it. I've ever said this on the air, but I cried at the like at oh, the end. Yes, that, that last it's scene. the best uh, episode of of ending episode of any show ever. I was like, sure. "Holy shit!" This I was is, bawling, dude. I was so and then sad. and then I watched it again just to see if I would cry again, and I think I did. <laughs> Dude, it was so sad. Remember, yeah. like my heart was like breaking. I'm like, these are not real people. Mm. Like, what? It's so sad. It was because I think. I mean, you 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 watch, you know, you you invest some time, and it ran for what four or five seasons. It's so funny. Whenever I want to make a joke about like how a show ends, and I don't want to spoil it to people, yeah, I just say, oh, and everyone dies. But I won't say <laughs> anything else about that. <laughs> but yeah. what, what did you just ask? No, I'm saying how many seasons it ran. Oh, I think it was five. Yeah, yeah, and men, like if you watch like with any all the all these shows. I mean, obviously with Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, all this stuff, it's like you start getting invested in uh, these characters, and it just breaks your heart, man. Because mm-hmm. it does, and at the same time, I'm I don't want them to go soft. Yeah, you know, with Walking Dead. I mean, uh, I started out as reading the comic and it's got a lot of similarities with the show. One of which is you never know who's going to live or die. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like the show. And my co-host Karen just doesn't want anyone to die ever. So we always argue about that. Is Karen a fan of game of Thrones? Well, she was. And then this season we, I started a game of Thrones podcast this season. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, she dropped out, uh, right at the end there when, uh, I won't say exactly what happened, but that thing with Stannis. Oh man. You know, oh man, that was brutal. He, he dropped, she was like, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, you have one more episode of the podcast. Nope. <laughs> uh, is that the worst scene of that? Oh, I mean, there, there's, there's this literally like three or four that are just br- yeah. brutal, brutal, brutal. Never I, ever seen on TV, anything like that type scenes. And I was like, <laughs> wow, it is. It, it's pretty, you know, when you like take a little step back and like, let's say you went back, you know, I don't know, 20 years and said, oh, we're, you know, in the future, we, there's this show where, 
you know, someone usually gets raped and uh, or Walking Dead, you know, people get their heads ripped off right on the screen. If you just told someone, they'd be like, what is going on in the future? Yeah, yeah exactly. But we're all sort of desensitized. And plus, they do a great job of, of bringing this heart and human element to it. So it doesn't seem so just, I don't know, messed up. <laughs> or right. it is messed up, but it doesn't seem like, you know, you shouldn't be watching it, I guess. I think uh, Walking Dead has some creative license and it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise because obviously it's based on this extremely graphic set of comics, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think uh, they're just raising the bar ever, ever higher. I mean, I, I imagine people are still trying to, uh, how, how do you keep outdoing yourself you know, after, after like Breaking Bad and man, it's... It must I, I can't imagine trying to like establish a new show now and have all these shows behind you and be like, man, we got to top this. I know. I mean, I think there are a lot of creative people who are excited about this environment because they're like, oh man, TV's so good right now. I get to you know work in this. But yeah, I didn't. I actually hadn't thought about that. Like, ooh, we got to try and measure up to all these shows. But I mean, there's more and more good ones all the time. So you guys, did you watch Fargo, the the movie or the the series? show? Not the show yet. It, it's good. It is good. Yeah, I mean, if you like the movie, I thought it would be kind of a cheap knockoff, but I loved it. Is it uh, the type of thing that's going to have multiple seasons, or it is? But it's like an anthology, so each season is a new story. Oh, like um, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. is a fucked up show. <sighs> the first, the first <laughs> couple were awesome. The first one was amazing. And then uh, the yeah. one with the one with the witches was like weird and yeah. I and then we so sort of we stopped watching it. And I, there's even a new. I think there's a fifth one now. Yeah, it's hotel. It's not out yet, but it's Lady Gaga and oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who else. Somebody interesting. But anyway, I love the second season, Asylum. That was really good. Yeah, the actress, that's my favorite actresses in there were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was I going to say the. Yeah, the the others. Oh, you know. So the anthology thing is, I guess, like a. I don't know if it's a trend, but True Detective is doing that as well. Yeah, and uh, I. Everyone said how great that first season was, but I had I didn't get around to seeing it, and then they said the second season wasn't any good. It's weird. It's really weird, <laughs> and uh, you feel like sometimes they take you down these rabbit holes, and it's not. That's not a um, satisfying conclusion sometimes, <laughs> and. But it's visually and like the acting is, is really good. So yeah, it's, it's I'm tr- we're trying not to watch too many shows because you get sucked into these. I know, like, me too. <laughs> but then I heard, uh, we're just going to talk about TV the whole time, but I, I heard that Mr. Robot is really good. I just started that, man. It's been coming up, you know, and everywhere I look, I didn't even know what it was. And I, now I have to go check it out because everyone's talking about it. I usually, what I do is I Google uh, best best tv series for 2015 and then it starts going through like all the stuff and you know i'm not madman was on there and i was like i couldn't get that watch that at all i really couldn't get into that oh man well i don't want to cut you off but let me just talk about so madman is uh I, I couldn't get into it for the longest time i watched like one or two episodes and i'm like no i just hate all these people and it's boring <laughs> But then when I pushed through, it became one of my favorite shows ever. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, just like each episode is like a well done short story, but I don't know if you'd have the same experience. I'm getting the vibe that you and I have similar tastes, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. The one, the one we actually had to push through and I think uh, my wife's um, 
from Colombia, so we were watching Game of Thrones, and I mean, the English there is sometimes hard for me to understand. So she was just like, you know, we we need captions on this because I'm not understanding <laughs> half the things they're saying. And I think we literally had to watch the first two or three episodes like four or five times until that's again that's one of those things i'm like okay we got to push through this because everyone and their mother's talking about it oh yeah and you get through that first season all right all right good and then we literally we started uh, game of thrones um i think uh last year end of last year mm. and so we just like hammered through the wall yeah that's <laughs> and it intense was, that's to watch all that in, in to, that short of time and it messes with you man because you get through <laughs> some of those season ending like scenes like uh what was it the what's it called the, the wedding yes wow <laughs> yeah and then uh, a couple of others after that no but, the, but we literally we didn't have to wait for the new season to start i can't imagine having to wait after like some of those season enders and just mm-hmm. waiting like three months or six months whatever it is i think now it's a ridiculous amount of time they make us wait for this stuff <laughs> it's not right yeah i mean yeah there's there's so much else to do but yeah it's i don't know I, I like binge watching stuff, but with Walking Dead, it's nice to, well, I guess because I do a podcast on it, it's nice to have it stretched out too. So you, I guess you were reading the, the I remember you said you were reading the comics at the time. So you felt, well, based on the comics, I'm going to roll the dice on this new series that's coming out uh, months before it even premiered mm-hmm. and, you know, hoping it would last beyond the first six episodes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we well, Karen and I both liked Lost, and Karen's my co-host. We've been friends for like ten years or something more now, and um, we we also liked some of the Lost podcasts. That was really one of the first shows, if not the first show, to have a whole bunch of podcasts brought up around it because yeah. it was filled with mystery, and so people wanted to talk about what everything meant, you know. And uh, I was like man, I'd love to do a podcast like that sometime. And, and, uh, Karen and I used to go watch zombie movies together and horror movies and stuff. So when I found out that my favorite, uh, comic was being made into a show, I, in fact, I'd written back and forth with Robert Kirkman a couple of times, like, man, you should, you know, I have a friend at HBO. You want me to try and hook you up? And he's like, Oh, we're working on some stuff. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyways, when I found out that it was a go, um, I just called Karen right away. I'm like, we should do this one. It just made sense, you know? And it turned out that it was a good show and that was very good luck for us. Yeah. We had no, no way of knowing. And if it had been a crappy show, then it just probably would have been a short podcast (laughs) and I wouldn't be doing it anymore. You know, it's interesting and it's a takeaway for new podcasters. You, you guys started that podcast and the production value was like top notch from day one. And so, and you had like a format and you said, you know, we're going to talk about this. You you had intro music and you had like top five and you literally sounded like a super professional veteran, <laughs> you know, TV podcast show. And it was, it was your first episode. And I, I mean, definitely commend you guys on that. And the fact Thank that you. I think that you took it that seriously. Um, I think it says a lot and I think people should do more of that. Just come out of the gate with this, um, you know, this approach that I'm going to, no matter how far this goes, I'm going to take it seriously from day one. Yeah. I mean, we were, did you ever listen to lost podcasts? 
I'm trying to think if I Jane did. and Jack were the one of the yeah. big ones. No, no, that that show drove me crazy. Man. I was <laughs> yeah. so disappointed at the me end. Me too. I was like, what? oh, totally. But you know what? I, I, people always say, oh, that that last episode was disappointing, and I I really think the only reason why that last episode was disappointing is because what it just confirmed that all these pieces really did not fit together. Right. It wasn't anything about the episode itself because it was I thought it was actually one of the better episodes, but it just showed you that the whole show was kind of BS. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because in a lot of ways. there was there was no way they were going to be able to wrap no. these, these loose ends. Up. And, and they kept kind of hinting early on that they would never do anything unless they had something underneath it and then towards the end because i used to listen to the official podcast they started saying well you know it's not about the mysteries it's about the characters and i was like oh they're not going to be able to tie it all together (laughs) so i mean i i love i still love the show but um it's a love hate thing but anyway was i saying so so um we this jay and jack they had a very good podcast and it was segmented like that um and uh, so we really modeled what we did after them. And, and I felt like from the very beginning that I wanted it to be uh, quality, but, you know, good production and all everything you were just talking about, but also that we had fun. So I didn't want to take it too seriously. I, I, then I've, we've always still said that, you know, we'll just keep doing it as long as we're, we're having fun. But I also wanted to have the potential to actually do these interviews and actually get on the show and stuff like that. So I figured we should... Uh, make it good. I'm competitive too. So I wanted to be the most listened to one and all that stuff. It's funny you mentioned, um, competitive because you guys have actually taken the approach of collaborating with your competitors, your other podcasters, which I think is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, when we started out, there were already two other ones and, uh, I would, look and see who was higher in the charts and stuff and start to feel kind of like, uh, I was driving myself crazy and I'm like, no, this, I don't want to have these feelings. So we were both doing the same thing. And I, I started listening to, um, in particular the talking dead, they're from Canada. They're really good guys and liking that. I felt like simpatico, you know, so I got in touch and started collaborating and stuff and that felt much better. Yeah. I had this conversation with someone recently about, uh, looking at this from an abundance mindset mm-hmm. and the, this pie is so huge and you know podcasting itself is huge but even the niche podcast and the, there's niche of the niche and <laughs> and i feel like the approach that you've taken really is if you're coming from your heart and be like you know there's there's so much of this and we don't have to like fight over an audience and people are going to gravitate um to you because they like your voice, they like your approach, they like the way you talk, they, yeah. you know, your, your jokes, and then, you know, their jokes might not resonate with them. And so you guys could be, you're talking about the same exact thing, but they like Jason, you know, and Karen, and, and, mm-hmm. and I, they just vibe with your, you know, your, rep, your, your rapport, and, and they like that. So I always tell people, like, do your show, even if 10 other people are doing it, because someone someone's going to like exactly what you're doing and not what the other nine are mm-hmm. doing and you know with especially with tv podcasting maybe other genres too but if they do vibe with both of you they'll there's a good chance they'll listen to both of you yeah <laughs> anyway you know i did i listened to a few different lost podcasts um but yeah that that really did when i made sh- that shift to let's be friends and it was early on that i did that uh 
that has so shaped my experience with this podcast, you know, because I'm doing these conventions now. And that was came out of a friendship with another uh, walking dead podcast, the Walker stalkers. And so, I mean, I didn't do it because I thought, Oh, I'll get more out of it, but I have gotten a lot more out of it because of that than if I would have just, you know, I don't know, tried to be competitive and tell everyone don't listen to these other guys or something. I don't know what else you would do, but (laughs) anyway, being friendly is where it's at. Well, I always tell people whatever you're like missing or want more of just like give that. So like if you want more love in your life, like just give love to people or if you need, if you feel like you're not making enough money, it's because you're probably being stingy in aspects of your life. So, you know, you're, you were generous. And so then people in turn are going to be generous to you. So I I think that's, that's awesome, man. I got to, that's a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a cycle, man. I, I feel yeah. I see it as this like cycle. And if you're not feeding into the cycle, how are you gonna expect like you gotta you gotta put out if you're gonna want that that shit to come back to you? So, mm-hmm. um, I, I imagine that if I was hosting a lost podcast, I would just like I don't know how I could hold it together at, at like for those last couple episodes because I would just get on and I'd just be like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey guys, um, I I don't know what to tell you here, but because I'm literally losing my mind and I'm I'm not sure I can provide much about them. Yeah, you or something like I mean, that. Uh, well, I thought because this uh, spinoff of Walking Dead came out and we you know we were like, oh, we're gonna podcast on this one too, and I'm like, what if it sucks? And I'm like, well, I'll probably just try and have as much fun as I can talking about how much it sucks, <laughs> you know, yeah, and doing fun. it in a thoughtful way. I mean, I just want to give my real. Uh, feelings about everything, my real thoughts and emotions and all that. You know, it's uh, maybe as a result of Lost, you feel like in Walking Dead, they think about like these seeds that they plant that come out to sprout like, you know, seasons later. And you're like, oh, wow, like Morgan, right? You know, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was listening to the, the first episode and you guys were doing the recap and Morgan was in episode one. Mm hmm. That's so crazy because I knew he was first season and I did not realize that he was literally in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's it. I don't think he was in the second episode. So he was only in the first, in the first season, I think. Wow. Talk about an arc, man. It's crazy Mm -hmm. that they they have that like simmering in the background and they're like, okay, we're going to figure out a way. And I haven't read the comics, so I'm purposely not doing that because I like the surprise and, yeah and the sometimes disappointment when you see characters die <laughs> it's different too i don't know if you know but yeah, the yeah. comic is different than the show sometimes and sometimes the same but um, morgan was in the comic early on too and then he came back later so um every time lenny james was doing some other show on amc called low winter sun and i was thinking oh man he's not going to be able to come back but then that show uh got canceled so i was like well that's cool <laughs> Because he's great. So talk about, um, not that you're, this is your only business, but you've, you know, you've, you guys are doing pretty well. And I think you're, you're monetizing, I would imagine, some aspects of the show and, and you're going to the conferences. But, you know, like all, all good things at some point, because it's TV and, and there's no series that's ever lasted forever, you know, um, how do you think about this in terms of, um, you know, do you put other stuff on the fire and, and start starting other topics. And maybe that's what you're doing with game of Thrones. Yeah. So pretty recently, well, I think it was in April, I launched a network. So it's called podcastica. And, uh, 
on there. We have, I think, five shows now, and I'm only on two of them, Game of Thrones, which we call the Game of Microphones, and uh, Walking Dead cast. But I part of the reason why I wanted to do that is to have be more associated with a platform that can outlast the walking dead. And I haven't really thought too hard about what, what else I can do, but I do want to keep podcasting when the show's over. At least that's how I feel right now. So, um, it's on my mind. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think maybe Karen and I should just do some other broad pop culture based show, but there are so many of those. So I don't know, but anyway, we've, we're laying the foundation for it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, you know, you, you've said, like you said, you want to continue podcasting, so you're going to start building things around you that support that, and at some point, you know, unfortunately, Walking Dead will end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way it's going, I, I think, did I hear that it was supposed to go to 13 seasons? They don't really know, but the, the like, I think, was it the head of AMC? Some of the higher-ups are like, we could see it going 20 seasons, and I'm like... No, I don't think that'd be good. <laughs> you know, I mean, right now they are in the show about halfway through the stories in the comics, but the comics are still going. But anyway, if, if the pacing was the same, then they would reach season 10 before they got to where they are right now in the comics. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, it's a, another thing I think of, you know, we've done 185 episodes and we've talked about zombies for 185 <laughs> hours. <laughs> more i mean some of those are going hour 20 hour 30 and uh i'm like i i'm not tired of it i'm not tired of talking about zombies but you'd think i will get tired of that at some point well to kind of loop it back into the realm of podcasting like at take out zombies and insert like whatever mountain biking or (laughs) or computers or like gardening you know people should keep doing it as long as they're still a passion, you know, as, as long as you get up every morning and or when you, you record your episodes and you can hear it in your enthusiasm. You guys have, like I said, a great, great rapport. So it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. And as you know, when you listen to podcasts, that stuff is infectious, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be entertained and you guys are entertaining us um, through the virtue of the show. And I think like, <laughs> I think it's just like a, a, a message to anyone who's starting something like to do it with this attack it with the same sort of passion that you guys do it and then you know stop it when you're not passionate about it anymore yeah that's exactly our philosophy (laughs) (laughs) we share a couple of other uh common likes in terms of movies and i heard you mention that you're a fan of uh let the right one in yeah i thought that was great I didn't get around to seeing the U.S. version, but I heard it was pretty good too yeah we like uh like foreign movies and have you seen the um the Iranian uh, vampire movie, Mm-mm. a girl walks home alone at midnight or something like that, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's crazy. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's in a, it's it's from Iran, yeah, and it's yeah, it's an Iranian like uh, horror movie, but it's super super stylish, and it reminded me a little bit of like Let the Right One In. So um, yeah, it's a crazy long title. It's called a girl walks home alone at midnight or something. Okay. Like that. <laughs> So, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh that's cool. Yeah, I think there's and I'm always wary of uh remakes as well. I don't know if you saw Old Boy. No, I, I've heard about the um that and it sounds so twisted. It is super twisted. It, is it good? It's amazing. It's really? one of my every time people ask me one of my favorite all time movies, I say old boy. Really? Okay. And the remake sucked, but uh I think my wife 
really likes that too. I, I sh- I'll check it out for sure. Maybe we can review it on the podcast. We do that sometimes. Yeah, and talk then, uh, about. I'll come on to, <laughs> for that episode. You can if you want. Uh, yeah, yeah man. All right. I, I love. I literally have seen it several times. Um, the, Sweet. The, the director is really good. He also did the host. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh-uh. <clears throat> and it's a it's a pure horror movie, like a, a monster movie, but the monster doesn't come out like until the end oh yeah i heard about that yeah yeah, yeah. and, and i heard that was pretty good yeah too. And the cgi was really good on mm-hmm. it so sort of like the, what they did with um what's the godzilla right the latest godzilla yeah it was called godzilla right i always forget yeah name. yeah uh-huh. and that was actually decent i mean well i um i see you you know i do love when they don't just go straight to the monster if the movie's really tense and good and stuff but with that one uh i was getting kind of bored and i loved the godzilla scenes <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i was like oh just show me more godzilla <laughs> yeah but uh, i recently saw with my wife um it follows do you see that which one is that one it was really good it was really weird it's uh this the uh, this guy is cursed so well, okay, so uh, it's hard to explain, but this guy sleeps with this girl. She's like, they're in their 20s. And then he tells her afterwards, I just passed along this curse to you. And so there's going to be this thing following you around. It can take the shape of any random person or maybe somebody that you know. And the only way for you to get rid of it is to sleep with somebody else and pass it along to them. And then you see like every once in a while, this just random person usually naked just walking along following the girl you know and so she has to run away and then so she ends up sleeping with this guy that likes her and then it kills that guy so if it kills the person you slept with then it comes back on to you again (laughs) (laughs) so it's complicated it's really weird but it it was it was so unique and just well filmed and everything and indie you know indie did you see the uh scarlett johansson uh under her skin or i forget what it was the it's the super dark, like, uh, I'll look it up, but you got, that one is really trippy. Really, really trippy. Okay. I didn't and, even hear about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think it's Scarlett Johansson under her skin or anyway. And then, uh, yeah, under, under the skin. It's one of those movies that after you watch it, you immediately like race to like the internet and you're like, uh, under the skin, what did it mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. You know, I do that all after almost every movie I see. I go look up Wikipedia and read the production notes and all that. Yeah, because I, no, I want to hear people start talking about it because it's yeah. one of those. It's it's one of those movies you're either okay. gonna hate or you're gonna love. There's no like. It, no th- there's there's no in between. It's so trippy that you're just like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson is amazing in it, and she doesn't really talk that much. She's like a, an alien basically, and she comes mm. and she just like because she's there's she's like sleeping with like uh, men as well. But <laughs> when she sleeps with <laughs> them, like the, the trippiest things happen. <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, <laughs> and then you uh, you said you saw Ex Machina, right? Oh yeah, I loved that one so much. It was really good. I think the ending was, I'm not sure about, but... Uh, it was kind of like a slap in the face. Yeah, everything, like 95% of the movie was amazing. And then I was like, I know, See, they gotta, I know they gotta wrap it up somehow, but... Well, you, do you mean just what she, what the android did to the guy? Yeah. See, when I saw that, there was a part of me that, you, I don't know if you heard me talking about it, I probably already said this, but that felt like, oh man, 
that I've had that feeling before where someone who I'm in, you know, like, and I think might like me all of a sudden they just totally diss me, you know, they don't kill me, but I'm, I'm fucking spoiling. Sorry. But anyways, um, I, I had that feeling, that negative feeling, but I thought, no, this was right for the story. And so I'm okay being moved by something, even if it's an uncomfortable place, if I feel like it's right for the story. But, you know, I mean, that's subjective for sure. Yeah, I mean, because with all these movies, it's nearly impossible to please everyone. So Yeah, it is. But I just thought that movie was really well done. And we want to go stay at the place, like the the place where they were at was filmed in some hotel in Norway. Yeah, where that was crazy. I'm like, I can't believe that was actually somebody's house. Like the scene with the helicopter flying. I'm like, where the f- yeah, is he, is it's some place in Norway, and a lot of it's a hotel that you can actually go stay at. Oh, you got to let me know what that is. Like, <laughs> my wife would be totally all over that. We're like fans of like Scandinavian, like you know, like mm-hmm. the right one in obviously is uh, Danish. Yeah, I think so. And we've seen a lot, of, and she's she's um, a fan of Lars von Trier as well. I want to check out that. What, that whole what is that like nine hour sex movie or something <laughs> no i'm not sure which one that is it, it, he just came out with something oh, really? crazy yeah. like that yeah. yeah yeah he's crazy too the posters just show all the actors having orgasms <laughs> 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 yeah what is that rated like <laughs> i don't know probably <laughs> nc17 <laughs> so let last uh thing on the movies before people start to think this is a movie podcast <laughs> is um i've never it's funny I, I, as far as zombies go like I, I saw the first one is night of the living dead and then it's dawn of the living dead and then day of the dawn, living dead. dawn of the dead and day of the dead day of the dead yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but i remember night of the living dead was like totally freaked me out because it what year was that 68 or something yeah, like that it's so creepy because it's black and white yes and, and it freaks the hell out. Obviously, I, I was I was born in seventy, so I saw that later on, and man, it scares the crap out of you because you. I probably watched it on like a small TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, and I think back then it was more more shocking. Even you yeah. know, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so renowned because it, they didn't have such bleak, just raw cannibal filmmaking before. I love that movie. It's very creepy. And uh, I think it, it almost um, plays like a documentary mm-hmm. the way he shoots it and stuff like that. And the other one that freaked me out was... Uh, no, I don't think there's much music. I don't remember. No. And uh, uh, Vision of Body Snatchers. Yeah. I saw that one. as a kid. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Dude. That no, was I saw the 70s remake. Did you ever see that? That's the one, um, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. It? Yeah. It just messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> so then... I, and then I, I didn't... Then a lot of zombie movies would come out and they'd just be like blood and gore, blood and gore, blood and gore. And then 28 Days Later came mm-hmm. out. And, you know, I went to see that one wife and we were just like, wow. That was like, it's super stylish. Just the acting was amazing. The music was so, you know, it was Danny Boyle too. So it was like, yeah. I was like, he totally has reinvented this genre. It was crazy. Yeah. And uh, we, awesome. that's the one we just kept watching like well, three or four times. I know. I love that one. But one of my favorites, though, is the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen that. you got to see that. Yeah. It's Zack Snyder, who's now doing like Batman, Superman. But this was my favorite movie he's ever done. What was what was uh, special about that? Uh, it's I think it's my favorite zombie movie. It For one thing, it starred uh, 
the acting was really good. And one of the actors is the guy who plays the dad in American family. I mean, what's that TV show on ABC? That's really popular. Modern family, modern family. Yeah. The dad in that. Anyway, um, it just, I don't know what was special about it. It was the zombies were amazing and the, the plotting was great. The pacing and it was kind of funny in parts and scary yeah, it's just really good. I mean, I, I consider it a really prime example of a great zombie movie. <laughs> Although it didn't have, you know, George Romero is known for having all this sort of social commentary in his movies, and yeah. it didn't feel like it had that so much. You know, it's funny. You read something from uh, Robert Kirkland during episode one, and you and he mm-hmm. was specifically saying, and I think he was referring to the comics, that it was meant to be social commentary, like questioning like the f- very fabric of society. And that's literally like what I see with uh, Walking Dead, because when people ask me about the show who haven't seen it, I'm like, it's not about like zombies. It's about like the people who fr- who lose it like when this happens, <laughs> like when the world goes to shit, like how mm. people act. And uh, I think that's what's, what makes it so fascinating. Hell yeah. And I think that's probably one reason why I'm not tired of talking about it, because it's not just talking about zombies, although I like doing that. But uh, yeah, it's just all the issues that the situation brings up. And it's like pretty core to who we are what what would we do and when we're faced with with you know death basically yeah who you know who would we choose to protect and just it it brings up a lot of interesting topics but one thing that karen and i always try to do is keep it light because we think the show is bleak enough as it is and people want to have that a little bit of a release around it you know yeah yeah yeah. the one thing that I think kept us from watching the beginning is when you hear the music in the beginning, it sounds a lot like 28 days later, like the, 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 the ominous and it's, they're both mm-hmm. really good soundtracks. So I think, uh, my wife was like thinking in the beginning, this feels like a ripoff of 28 days later. Well, and the, the, the plot too, because yeah. Rick's in a coma. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And he yeah. wakes up in the hospital and then the 28 days later, he wakes up in the hospital. I'm like, well, like it felt like they were obviously timing wise. I, I did the graphic novels come out before. I think if I remember right, the the comic came out around just after 28 Days Later, but it had been written according to Kirkman before that. So it was a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. And he just said he wasn't interested in basically what the spinoff is doing right now, talking about the whole fall of society. He just wanted to cut to the chase. Yeah. Well, as as fans I, I think we can't get it enough because we're just like bring on some more like fear of the walking dead and mm-hmm. i think Karen's are you like, are you digging it yeah, yeah i like it yeah me too it's yeah. uh i think it's at the right pace it's not too slow and you wonder like how exactly are they going to show this and it's fun to watch you know as an la resident as well because we're like trying to spot places mm-hmm. <laughs> that we know well and they're it, filming mostly in vancouver yeah, yeah although yeah. they do exteriors in LA. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. some because some of them they're very generic, and I'm like, that doesn't look like any yeah. neighborhood, <laughs> right? And obviously, it's much cheaper to film in Vancouver. Yeah, but I hope they do as much as they can in L.A. Well, I hope I can figure out how to get on and be a zombie. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would rock. <laughs> I'm guessing it would be harder down there since yeah. there's there's a million, million actors, actors down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like everyone and their mom is trying to be on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so when did you start leveraging like the the pod the podcast in a way that was allowing you to um go to these conferences and start these panels um and partner up like with other folks who were doing similar things um that was a couple of years ago uh so 
I noticed the Walker Stalkers podcast had started up, I think after in the middle of season two or something. And I started listening and I was like, Oh man, these guys are good. So I wrote them a note saying, I thought they were good. And they wrote back saying they, um, listened to us, you know? And so we started talking back and forth. Well, it turns out that James Frazier, who heads that up is just, uh, he can do whatever he wants. He's one of those people. Like he's like, Oh yeah, we're going to start doing events. And so he and I did an event together during Comic-Con where we had some of the B, the, um, supporting actors there to sign autographs. And we did a live podcast. That was the first event I did. And back then he was talking about, I want to do a whole convention around this. And I was like, cool. But I was thinking, how are you going to do that? I mean, it's crazy. And now he does like, I don't know, nine or 10 walking dead conventions a year. All Norman Reedus goes, you know, all the actors, Andrew Lincoln goes to one of them. So, um, I, I was, they asked Karen and I to come and uh, moderate the panels for the first one of those in Atlanta in 2013. And I'm like, heck yeah. And so I've been doing them ever since I've been to everyone. And these are like mini, like two day conferences or just one day or the, some are three, the Atlanta's three. And I think New York's going to be three this year, but most of them are two days and they're all regional. What do you mean? They're like a, yeah, they, there's a, there's not like, you know, like Comic-Con is like in one city every year. Oh, yeah, no. So we, I think we've, I don't know, we've done like nine or ten this year. And they're, yeah, all around the country. It's it's awesome. I, you know, I get to go around and visit friends in different parts of the country and go to places I've never been. That's part of your job. Yeah, it's really a hobby. I mean, yeah. but yeah, yeah, they, I, I get, um, they pay my hotel and airfare and, um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> what's uh, so? What's the, the the domain for that? If people want to look walkerstalkercon dot com. Okay, and they're really fun. I mean, you get you know ten thousand, fifteen thousand fans in the same place. Wow! A lot of the actors are there, and you can talk to them. And um, I get to do the Q and A panels, and you can come up and ask questions, and you can get their get photos and autographs with them and stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny because I guess it just speaks to it's. Um, you heard of uh, the school of podcasting, Dave Jackson? Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. and he's got he's got this thing called because of my podcast, um, and he has people call in and stuff like that. So it's funny because I always think of that, and you, I'm sure you have several because of my podcast stories. But I think at Karen was at, at one point talking about uh, being on a panel, and she said she like whispered something in Norman Reedus's ear, but she said it like very like nonchalantly, and I'm like, wait a minute, you were just like sitting on a panel next to Norman Reedus. <laughs> And I'm like, that's, that's because of your podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm looking at this picture right now. Oh, here, let me grab it. Hold on. Yeah, sure. I'm letting Jason go grab this now. So I don't know if you can see, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, me and Karen are here and then here's Andrew Lincoln and, uh, Norman Reedus right here. Nicotero, here's Stephen Young, you know, Herschel, uh, Scott Wilson, there's Lori, there's Michonne, all the cast. It's awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was at that first con, and that's when uh, Norman Reedus leaned over and said something to her, hey, baby, or something like that. 
<laughs> he seems like a total like uh, prankster, man. You're, I think you're mentioning on, on the interview too. Yeah, I think they have fun, uh, especially yeah, him and Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, I think Andrew Lincoln talked about that too when we interviewed him. Some prank that Norman Reedus pulled on him. I don't know. And so, you, he's not even my favorite character. <laughs> who is your favorite? Uh, I uh, I think it's Rick. Yeah, yeah. He's losing it a bit though. That's cool. I like <laughs> I like to see him go to pieces. <laughs> I don't always agree with him, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's kind of disturbing. Like, is he like? You're always wondering, like, is he going to completely lose it, or is mm-hmm. he just? And I guess he's like the anchor of the the show, so he's not going anywhere. But I guess they have some room. They have some room to have him vacillate in terms of his his moods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've. It, it, I imagine it must be tough because it really is his story. And over five seasons, how can you, like, how can you every season have an arc with this guy? And then what do you do? Start over at the next season. But they've done a good job of having him slowly lose his mind over the course of the whole series, you know, and uh, still yet still kind of feel like the core of it. But I think it's really exciting what they're doing with him. I don't agree with him a lot of time. I think he's gotten way too brutal. Yeah. This last season was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's, well, everyone gets hardened, right? Over I mean, over. I don't necessarily blame him or think that no. I would be any different, but I'm just like, man, <laughs> you need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's very, I think you guys were talking about the fact that the cocktail scene, like everyone was like, it was so weird to see everyone like in a relaxed environment. And you're like, man, this, 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 this is not going to last too long. It's like if you got, uh, yeah, just a bunch of people having PTSD and gave them a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun guys. Totally. That's, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, you were, you've, you've said that you've always been a, um, a fan of, uh, zombies and comics as well. I think you said you had 3000 comics. Something like that. Yeah. And did you start with the the graphic novels or like the superheroes? Superheroes, yeah. And I'm still into all that stuff. Um, I started in like fourth grade and I don't collect as much as I used to, but I still kind of keep up with it. And really the the superhero comics have grown up with with, uh, everybody else. I don't think as many kids read comics these days. You go into a comic shop and it's like... For a while there, it was like 30, year, 40 year olds, but all now I see some people that are a bit younger, but, um, the, the storylines are more mature than they were when I was a kid. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, not like Archie and Jughead. And <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, when you had like Stanley writing the comics and they were just shouting out, um, behold the mighty power of silver or galactus or whatever yeah. but now it's like the, this guy brian michael bendis he's one of my favorite writers he he'll sit and just listen to how people talk so he can replicate their dialogue and uh i don't know it's just it's for the most part a lot more mature but i have in my network can i plug one of my other podcasts of course, of course. it's called under the comic covers and uh it's hosted by two of my friends, Gracie Liu and Eric, who goes by Mr. Blog. And they only talk about non-superhero comics. They okay. talk about like creator-owned. And so there's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. They talk about Walking Dead, but uh, like there's one called Southern Bastard that's all about this kind of Southern Gothic, um, you know, just murder and uh, football and stuff. <laughs> and uh, just all, all different kinds of stuff that's... Uh, 
uh, really imaginative in all different genres and things. So there's a lot of comics out there that are, uh, that are not superhero, but I, my favorites are still the superhero ones. Uh, you, you, uh, DC or Marvel? Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I read some DC, but what's your thoughts on the movies? Um, I think the Marvel movies are great, but they're starting to get a little repetitive, maybe tonal tonally. Yeah. They're still good though. But, um, and then the DC, I don't know that Superman movie. I, I thought was, had some great elements to it and some kind of despicable ones. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't like the whole dark Knight series. Not, no, I no. I, yeah. I, I think the second one is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Well, yeah. I loved Heath Ledger as yeah. Joker, but I think that Christopher Nolan, and I know this is not a popular opinion, but he, he, he just explains things too much in his movies. Everybody's explicating all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's, one way, that's definitely one way to look at it. And so I don't know. I, and, and it, fe- and I don't know, it just feels a little bit self-important to me, but, uh, I did like the Superman movie. Okay. And I know they kind of went that direction because those Christopher Nolan movies were so popular. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Ben Affleck does, even though I think it's a bad idea to have to be Batman. <laughs> I'm still going to watch that, it. That poor guy is never going to be able to like be any kind of superhero. Uh, people just don't, they have this violent reaction. Yes, to I did. Like, what? <laughs> You're stupid. Of all, the, of all the actors that could have picked, man, and yeah. they already saw him as, dare, was it Daredevil? And you know, <laughs> they didn't buy that. And. But uh, the rumor has it, and this is probably just PR, but that Warner Brothers loved his Batman, and so they're already planning a bunch of standalone Batman movies. Well, I hope it's not like the uh, the 80s when they were cycling through Batman like it was... <laughs> <laughs> through Batman. <laughs> it's crazy. It was uh, uh-huh. Val Kilmer, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. Uh, Michael Keaton and was awesome. Michael Keaton was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, it's tough shoes to fill, man. <laughs> Did you see Birdman? Oh, I love Birdman. Yeah, that was really good. That's good too. I, I'm a Michael Keaton fan. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like I'm. I always root for him. Like in whatever he does. We just recently went to see like uh, Beetlejuice in like a park where they were doing. Um, They're working on number two, I think. Is it number two or is it a remake? No, it's Michael Keaton. Really? Yeah, he's gonna. Okay. I think he's gonna play it. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. I heard a remake, and I'm like, you can't touch that movie. No, no, no one's no, ever no. gonna be able to do that. Michael I think Keaton even. What's her name? Winona Ryder is going to be in it. What? <laughs> wow, that's what I heard. <laughs> well, we got to IMDb that and check yeah, it out. check it out. He was on uh, Fresh Air recently. Great interview. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. That's right. Yeah, he's just got this underdog. Like, I, he's on Instagram too, and he's just always posting stuff. And so he's got this underdog. I think. Uh, mentality about him underdog millionaire i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) perfect for bruce wayne yeah he has kind of a uh like a puppy dog to like really you know just every man sort of likable yeah Uh, so um so you started with the the so you've been always in sort of like i don't know what arena you'd call it but with the comic books and the superheroes and, and the zombies and do you feel like all that has prepared you for like where where you've ended up now yeah that and i was a an english major and i did a lot of literary criticism and 
I was a writing major and so we, I did a lot of workshopping of people's stories. So I just got into the habit of analyzing the shit out of everything. And I do that anyway. I analyze stuff a lot. So, um, I love, you know, all this stuff, good TV. It, I also, I mean, I used to watch six hours of TV a day as a kid and, uh, and so you combine, you know, my love for all this stuff and my analytical nature and then my desire to have fun, put all that stuff together. And that's what makes a good podcast. Yeah. Cause now you're doing an awesome job and thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that literary, uh, what was it? Literary criticism. Criticism. Or? Yeah. Yeah. That that's perfect because that's exactly what you're doing as you're breaking apart, um, these shows and you, it's, you need, that sort of skill set in, in order to speak intelligently about what's happening in all the different layers. Cause you know, sometimes people watch and they probably miss, you know, they just get, they're there to get entertained mm-hmm. and for the eye candy. And you really need like shows the podcast like yours to talk about what's happening at like level two, three and four. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And it might, sometimes I fall into the instinct too of just like that one part was so great. Wasn't it? Yes. It was awesome. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it, you know, but, uh, that's cool too. Okay. You know, a little bit of that just to show your passion for it, like you said, but I really want to try and give different perspectives and think about things a little more deeply and stuff like that. I think it helps enhance other people's appreciation of it. So you went to UC Santa Barbara. I did. Yeah. yeah for undergrad. That's, that's so funny. At, um, I heard you mention that, and it's it's relevant because we just went to Santa Barbara um, for the three day weekend. Um, we went and checked out the wineries, and it was I was I forgot I was listening to something or reading something. Uh, apparently, UC Santa Barbara is like constantly ranked in the top five party schools in the country. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> was it like that when you were there? Yeah, especially uh, on Halloween. It's uh, just the whole. Well, here, here I. Santa Barbara is like a city over here and then 20 minutes away you have the campus and right next door to the campus is one square mile and it's the densest square mile uh, this side of the Mississippi and it's all students and so it's just like student town right <laughs> and the the cars are nice and the houses are all beat up because you know you just trash your house all year and then you move on to the next one so yeah it's total parties but to be honest with you when i was there i really didn't click into it all that well i i i partied i did my fair share but um it didn't feel like my my spot really my my place. And then I went to grad school in Boston after that. And that was more my speed for some reason. I don't know why, but it could have just been timing or whatever. I went to Syracuse and they were constantly in the rankings as well. (laughs) It's not something you want to be known for like party school, but yeah, uh, you know what it was? It was the, we did the trolley. We've been doing this thing lately where we go to a new town and we just ride the trolley and the, 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 the tour. It's a fantastic way to see the city. So we did it in Santa Barbara and it takes you up to the the, the Oprah mansions and, uh-huh. and and the guy who, uh, the founder of Beanie Babies, Ty, Ty something, he's got like the $110 million property mm-hmm. somewhere up in the hills. Oh, and in the Santa Inez Mountains right next door, yeah. right next to there is where Michael Jackson's whole Ah. thing like neverland i guess neverland okay. ranch that was san Inez. yeah and he had that's where he used to bring his little friends to play <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we did uh like um a couple months ago we did the whole san Inez region which was the actual wineries 
And that's really, that's a lot of fun. And then we, so this time we just did the actual city and we did the urban wine trail where we go to the wine tasting rooms. So coming up from LA, does that feel sort of just like slowing down and enjoying? Kind yes. Of? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would think. So it's beautiful. It's really nice. It is, over there. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I, I, it must have been a nice place to, to go to college. It was. We lived right on the beach too. So you oh, could nice. hear the waves. Yeah. That was the, that was my favorite part. I'd walk on the beach all the time. So, uh, we'll wrap this up in a bit. Um, what's, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, as you, do you, do you try to plan, like look forward in terms of what's going on with the show or, or are you sort of paralleling the series? Because in, in essence, like, you know, as long as that keeps going, you guys keep going and not think about what's happening, what's going to be happening with the show, you know, six months down the line. You mean like how do we plan the podcast to, yeah. or whatever? Um, yeah, I mean like when the show's on, I that's when we're the most routine. And so, you know, I always know I'm going to watch the show and then, then I'm going to, well, I, I won't get too deep into this, but when it's on it on Sunday night, I try to just watch it as a fan and not think too much and not pause it or write too many notes or anything if any and then the next day all day long is spent just going through and pausing and writing notes and finding news items and uh getting listener feedback you know i like it takes me all day long just to prep the agenda for the show and then we record over a couple hours and then i edit for like four hours after that i do it's too much i need to figure (laughs) out but anyways so that just happens you know all season long and and if we can get interview i've kind of um backed off on the interviews because I just haven't had time lately. But if we get interviews, those happen in between whenever the actors can do it. And then when off season, that's when we get to kind of be creative and just do whatever the hell we want. And, uh, you know, like I wrote down old boys. So maybe during the hiatus, you can come on and we can talk about that. So I have that as a future. So I kind of keep a list or in the back of my mind of what to do during the off season because we go bi-weekly you did a, yeah you did a uh, you did a, a recap of the uh, the last season of uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, we we've covered have we covered all of Breaking Bad? No, we haven't. We cover all of uh, Game of Thrones. But anyway, yeah, I, I I we get pretty off topic sometimes and I try to tie it in, but um when we're not talking about Walking Dead, I'd say our downloads are about uh, maybe 60% normal. And I'm happy that people still want to hear us, even if we're not. And I always do try to put some Walking Dead news in there. But, um, yeah, they go down quite a bit. What's funny is even on episode one, Karen was reading. She's like, she went out of her way to find, like, zombie news. <laughs> well, that was <laughs> one they, of our ideas, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So now you now people come to expect it. And I think I heard one of the episodes where you have that girl call in from Sweden. And she was like, and there people are recommending stuff for you to take a look at. Which yeah. Is, and it's and awesome, then, man. I love it. And then you hear it in their voices. They're like, hey, guys, I'm really like love the show and I listen to it every week and I really count on you guys to like bring me up to speed. And that's a, that must be a really good feeling. You know what else is a good feeling? It's a pleasure just sitting here with you right now and know that you've done your homework and, uh, you know, you're you're asking about all these different facets of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I mean, I I'm a, I was a fan of the show and I was like, I want to like... Uh, have stuff to talk about and you know it's and then it's the rabbit hole because i'm like I'm, i can't c- catch up on everything yeah of and so uh, um but it's still like i i fell asleep to a couple of episodes because i was like <laughs> and it's always weird when you do that because you end up dreaming about stuff that you heard on the podcast 
Um, yeah, sometimes so a, while it's playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you because you hit you you you're when you that weird zone when you're like mm-hmm. falling asleep and then like you're hitting I don't know what it's maybe REM or something like that, but you're something like in half awake, half part dreaming. awake, yeah. And then the, whatever is playing on like the podcast or like your your phone is still playing, and then it kind of like seeps into <laughs> morphing into your dreams. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> like when you you hear an alarm in your dream, and then it takes you a while to realize it's actually your alarm. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit, that's real. Damn so, it. So, um, what have you like? What have you learned about like how you how you you know, you just laid out a pretty detailed like workflow. Um, how's that changed over the, the five seasons? And you know, what are you doing better that, you know, you just learned along the way? Uh, the thing that comes to mind is when I first started, I, like I said, we loved Jay and Jack and they just seemed, they did the lost podcast. They seemed so off the cuff. And, uh, so I didn't want to plan too much out ahead of time. I just wanted to uh, we do the top five highlights of each episode just to kind of give it a little bit of structure. And I just wanted to write a couple of short things and then riff on it. But n- n- over time I realized that if I think about it a little harder and write more stuff down, that's more interesting for me. And I think for everybody else, because I can't always think that deeply right in the moment on the podcast. So I spend a lot more time thinking about the episode uh, ahead of time now and that uh takes more time so that's the downside but i think it makes for a better show and i still if if we're on the podcast and some interesting thread comes along that i hadn't um thought of i'm really happy about that because it's fresh but i just like to do a lot of preparation too i get the impression that you could probably teach a course on this at this point <laughs> You've That's got the, you I mean, you've got the literary criticism background and I'm sure you've had some fantastic teachers you can model. You've been doing it for five years. You're, you know, you have an extreme attention to detail. You know, you, you are a good orator, you know, and, and I think you think about things in detail, which lends itself to probably some sort of lesson plan. So, hmm. you know, in terms of like other ways to branch out, I'm I, I almost guarantee that if you put together a course on like how to create a TV podcast, you know, and do it right, I'm pretty sure people would sign up for that. (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, I definitely have a lot of thoughts on it, but I I, I think of uh, people going, don't tell me what to do. That's what (laughs) I thought is. I'll do it the way I want. But that's really interesting. I'll think about that. Yeah, because people need guidance. It's like like Mm -hmm. script writing class, right? You know, all the people that go to script writing class, you know, they... They just need a, a they just need a um, a framework and some models to follow, and then they go and they, they you know I'm sure the best of them Spielberg, Spike Lee, all these they they probably took script writing 101, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. With anything, I guess what you do is uh, you listen to the course or read the book or whatever, then you take what's useful and ignore the rest. Yeah. My business coach tells me uh, first you uh, adapt it and then you adopt it. Is that right? No. Uh, <laughs> you adopt it and then you so, adapt I always it. Get that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you always first you adopt it he's like literally like use my my templates for like because i put together some stuff on webinars and stuff and he's like just uh-huh. just do exactly what i'm doing you know obviously change the text and stuff and then later like tweak it and, and make it your own so right just like you would with a child you adopt the child and then you <laughs> adapt it to your way of thinking exactly <laughs> uh you don't have any kids right 
I do. Oh, you I do. Have a okay. son. Yeah, you do. He just turned four. Oh, that's right. You July. mentioned. Yeah, you did mention him on the show. Um, Nico. Yeah, and how's uh, how's that been with him watching the show and and then the, what you talked to him about? It's it's pretty gory, right? It's, no, he doesn't watch. Yeah, it. he doesn't watch it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he knows about zombies because I have posters up and yeah. and he's totally unfazed by it, but. I wouldn't let him watch the show. He did see me get shoot in the head on the show, oh, really? but he was very, he was like two. So I don't think it really impacted him. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, are, are you a fan of like uh, Waldorf school and stuff like that? Like, I, that rings a bell, but I'm not sure. What yeah. It it's this whole like uh, alternative way of thinking, teaching mm-hmm. like um, hands on like life examples, you know, yeah. like really touchy feely type stuff. And, um, it's 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 a pretty interesting way, and I think when uh, if and when we have kids that are ready to go, that's something we're going to take a really really close look at because I think it just makes them think uh, differently, and there's no like black and white answers for stuff, and mm-hmm. um, really progressive. So I've heard, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that I, it, it's a movement called anthropomorphic anthro. I always get that word wrong, anthropomorphic. I'm over two here. Anthropom something. Pomorphic? Something like that. Anthro something. I thought that meant when you like have talking animals or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, Um, Anthropos Anthroposophia. Anthroposophic. That's what it is. Okay. And so I'm gonna make people, I'm gonna people make people Google that now. Soft, it's like a school of thought, like as uh, I think it's P. Yeah, anthroposophic. It's such a freaking hard word, man. I'm looking up anthropomorphic. <laughs> <laughs> it says relating to or characterized by anthropomorphism. Thanks a lot. <laughs> the attribution of human characteristics or behaviors to a god, animal, or object. That's the one you're thinking I knew of. Knew it. <laughs> so this is anthrop- anthroposophic. Posophy is a uh, spiritual philosophy mainly developed by Rudolf Steiner. So that's like his school of thought and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just this whole. Um, I like experiential yeah, yeah, learning yeah, it's, for it's sure. Like and uh, you know, I was actually getting really into that for a little while. And my wife and I are pretty different in a lot of ways. She's much more practical than me, and um, so we kind of have to find a middle ground on stuff like that. Um, I do think there is some value in just kind of going through public school. Um, But on the other hand, I don't like the idea of them thinking there's a cookie cutter solution for everybody and, and kind of stamping down any individuality. So uh, we're, we're going to have to figure that out pretty soon because he'll be going into kindergarten next year. Mm. But I think more schools are, especially in San Francisco, are adopting some of those more experiential and methods and methods suited towards individuals as much as they can. Yeah. There was a, 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 Sim, a Simpsons episode and they were like the, the power went out in the school or something like that. And so they were adopting like for a week, like this whole school of thought and, and they were like learning math, like the farmer, like the crazy hippie farmer was like teaching them math skills. And it was just like, it was interesting that they were introducing those topics, but I guess those the the, the kids of those um, the writers probably all go to those types of schools anyway. That's probably why they do that. Are you gonna? So you want to have kids pretty soon? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We That's waited great. long enough, so do it, <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> oh man. Um, so what? What has got you? That do you have time to like listen to other 
podcast? Or are you so focused on what you're doing that you're not even aware of what other folks are, what's going no, on? I, um, I, no, I listen. I, I probably listen to more podcasts than I do watch TV. Okay. Uh, but I don't, I'm not watching much TV right now, so I'm not really watching TV podcasts. Um, I listen to other walking dead podcasts occasionally, but, um, kind of sporadically. So I like, uh, New Yorker political podcast. The truth is a great yeah. I've heard good sto- things about that storytelling. WTF? I'll listen to with Mark Maron when when he has somebody on that I care about. Yep. So I, there's a few tech podcasts I really like a lot. Uh, the talk show with John Gruber. Okay. So a few different kinds of things. Yeah. I had uh, Brendan McDonald on his uh, Mark Maron's producer. Oh no way! <laughs> That's right. I saw that. Yeah, I listened to the episode that he did with Mark right after Mark yes, interviewed which was the amazing, president. Amazing! Amazing! That was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. So I got to talk to him about that. Which I How was that? I, it was amazing. I literally yeah. made that connection through Twitter. Man, it was crazy. That's very cool. And that's I, cool, man. It was. Uh, yeah, I've told the story a couple of times, but I I tweeted at him because I heard him on the Wolf Den. And I said, hey, would you be interested in coming on? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. He's like, I'm going to be a little busy. This was before the Obama interview. I had no idea this was going on. And he's like, yeah, try me in a couple of weeks. And then and then the Obama interview comes on. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that explains <laughs> kind of busy. it. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. thought he wouldn't be able to do it after. And I, said, I, I reached out, you still up for this? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, he lives in Brooklyn. So it was awesome. Will you have uh, still have like a connection with him? After yeah that? yeah yeah i mean i mean we don't it's, we're not like uh online Golf but. buddies or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's pretty reserved it's funny he's like uh you know close to the ch- cards close to the chest kind of guy but mm. you know he was he was really nice afterwards because uh, i was i i um i tweeted about the show and he's like i had um i just had, was on this interview show with harry from podcast junkies who was uh really um saying such kind things about me it was actually very humbling you know, so he like made some comment on there about Twitter, so which I thought was nice. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always nice to get feedback like that. Hell yeah! All right, last question. Um, what do you think is uh, the most misunderstood thing about you? Hmm, my sexuality. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. God, I don't know. Oh, I think, well, one thing that comes up, it's interesting because I don't think my listeners misunderstand that. Like, I think I'm a pretty personable guy and, you know, um, low key and approachable and all that, but I have resting bitch face basically, (laughs) you know? And so when I'm out and about, I think people think that I'm angry or scary or something because I don't, uh, I, 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 I don't, you know, I, until people get to know me, they seem a little reserved around me. And I hate that, you know, I wish that, um, you could just get past that first part and get to the part where you're, you're, everything's cool and warm and friendly and stuff. Well, I can definitely vouch for that. Uh, after having spent the past hour, (laughs) hour plus with you, you're, uh, yeah, I, I heard touches of it you know because of the interaction you have with karen on your show and you you know just really like guys like to ham it up and it probably speaks to the fact that you guys have been friends for so long but i think yeah uh, i think um for the listeners out there you just need to give them a chance and at the end of the day jason needs a, a big hug just like the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so what's the um i know you've got the, the site for the podcast is that the is that the best place for people to track you down 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd say probably the one I'd want to send you to is podcastica.com. Yeah. That's our new network site and you can get to all our walking dead stuff through there. You want to spell that out? P O D C A S T I C A.com. Well, Jason, I had a blast. Me too. It's great. <laughs> I was so nervous, but you're really easy to talk to. No so reason appreciate to. Appreciate it. No reason to be. In, uh, I'm glad to hear that hopefully we'll stay in touch. And we're both on the West Coast, so we should make something happen. Yeah, I'm going to see if Karen wants to watch that movie, and then uh, maybe we can do something in the summer or something like that. Yeah. Or whenever you know the break is from Walking Dead. And I'll, and I'll keep trolling the, uh, the backstage weekly to see <laughs> yeah. if i can get a, a if bit. you get on you tell us for sure yeah i will all right okay thanks so much have a fantastic weekend thank you another fantastic conversation another awesome new podcasting friend that i have i'm so happy he's on the west coast we're gonna make it a plan to get together jason is a really great guy and I really hope I can have a chance to be on his show because I think that would be super awesome and it would be my fanboy moment as well. So all the details about the stuff we talked about can be found on podcastjunkies.com slash 56 at this point. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I think you can tell that we really hit it off and we had a blast and it's what I come to expect and what I want to happen Every single time I have a guest on this show because I think it makes for much more enjoyable conversations that you guys will appreciate. So uh, thanks again to Cedar and Soil at cedarsoil.com for the music. I can't say enough good things about my friend uh, George and the fantastic music he's producing. You really should check it out um, if you if you do get a chance uh, and check out his latest album. He's a super, super um amazing talented producer he plays all the instruments on his songs guys he's really good again support for the show how can you do it you might ask there's a couple of different ways you can go to podcastjunkies.com slash show a new page i've set up that gives you a bit more detail on how this whole subscribe rate and review thing works i've got uh links there with detailed instructions and i've also added a video to show you as well so there's no more excuses for you not uh, taking a couple of minutes to rate and review a show that you love assuming you love it if you don't then um, write me a letter and uh, put that in the mail and then um, send it to podcast junkies uh, los angeles california and then I will um, write you a letter back letting you know how sad I am that you didn't give me a five-star review. Sound like a plan? I think so. Okay, guys, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you commenting. I appreciate you following, tweeting, blabbing, uh, Facebooking, liking, Instagramming, poking, uh, pinning, whatever else is the fashionable verb of the week. There's so many new services come out, coming out. It's crazy. I'm really happy to be doing this and I'm really happy when I have conversations that really get me in the flow like this one did today. 
If you want to support the show, don't forget that we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast junkies. Kudos again to Nick Suberling for reminding me of the fact that I have one and I should promote it. So helps to generate some income for the show in addition to what we're doing with our sponsors. And uh, everything will help go towards the support of the show and making it as awesome as I think it can be for you guys. If you've listened this far, then you know what it is I'm about to offer up to you. It's the retention hashtag. And so this week, since we're talking about uh, Walking Dead and zombies, we'll make it uh, ZombieCast. One word, Z-O-M-B-I-E-C-A-S-T, hashtag ZombieCast, if you've made it this far. And if you have, as always, I appreciate you. Love you guys. I will talk to you next week. Have a fantastic day, week, month, year. But we'll talk before then. Don't worry.